Hello, I'm Mark Williams, and earlier in 2021, Gethin Ellis and myself started the Fit Podcast. Here at GethinEllis.com and Wide End Limited, we know that whilst physical fitness is essential, our mental health is vital too. And our Fit Podcast is all about putting the human back into technology, aka Fit. Building on us all coping during unprecedented times in Series 1. Available on our website, www.gethinellis.com, and YouTube, search for Gethin Ellis. We felt in Series 2, it might help us all to hear more thoughts and advice from normal, everyday humans just like you. So we're again speaking with a range of humans in technology, business, consulting, and other areas to hear what they've learned and how they intend to apply that experience in dealing with today's challenges and their futures. So here we are. We're back with part two with uh, with with Jane Logie. Um, we had a very very interesting conversation um, in, in in part one. Um, quite a lot of uh, old war stories for, between Jane and myself that we were we were talking about in one sort or in another. And um, uh, so welcome back, Jane. Thank you. Um, so you live in this world transformation, and you, and you do this big strategic big strategic stuff, uh, you know, here. So. Um, this might be an odd question to to ask you, but uh, do do you do you think that um, most organisations, I'll give you a definition in a second, that need to really transform, and that that to me means they need to do something you know completely different to what they've what they've been doing before, or do it in a completely different way, or or, or something along those sorts of lines. But you might 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 put me right on what the definition of this is by all, by all means. But do you think they they need to transform? Or do you think it's more about continuing improvement? And obviously, I'm looking for whatever you feel on on that that range of activities. I think the whole question about the definition of transformation is quite interesting. I've heard many different definitions, and I've seen many things described as transformation that just aren't. Uh, but but as I said at the beginning, transformation for me it's it's about doing really big things. It's about creating new value streams, entering new markets, creating new business models. It's not incremental improvement, which is why it's hard to do because essentially you're taking your business that you've built over many years and you are doing things to it in material ways. It's not for the faint of heart. Mm. You know, the business that you end up with might feel and look very different to the business you've grown to love over the 10, 15, 20 years that you've led it or been part of it. Um, you know, it, it's not for me, though, these days about some big monolithic program, you know, that's running over five years, that goes away into a dark room and then 55 months later goes... <laughs> and everyone goes oh but we don't need that anymore because the world has changed it's not about that so so, so, so transformation is the big things but uh, when you talk about continual improvement um i think i think transformation i can translate that a little bit into incremental improvement so i do think that transformation done well does try to package up work into chunks of value that can be delivered incrementally right. so that businesses start to get some value, but also uh, confidence can be built in the transformation program itself. So, so, so transformation for me is that big thing. It's not, it's not a continuous improvement type activity. It, it's definitely something that needs to be treated differently. On the, on the other hand, um, continuous improvement um, is 
for me about improving everything every day in every way. And of course, over time, it can have a massive positive, positive impact on the company. Um, I'm a lean practitioner. Uh, I got my qualifications through the Lean Research Excellence Centre in Cardiff. Oh, did you? Okay, I know them. Yeah, and I, I've led business improvement activities. Look, I think they used to be, be called, didn't they? Uh-huh. Look, wasn't it? Look, that was the name of it? Yeah. And look, yes. And, uh, you know, I know what a positive impact it can have, in particular on the culture of the organisation, because people feel more engaged. They have the opportunity to contribute and to make a personal difference. And at the end of the day, I believe that we all come to work wanting to you know, feel we're part of something and that we're able to make a difference. So, so they both have their parts to play. Uh, and, and even in the world of transformation, I think from a programme perspective, you should be operating a continuous improvement cycle anyway, because, you know, programmes that are uh, self-examining and that look at what has worked and what hasn't and, and course correct and improve, they have a better track record of successful delivery. So, so I think transformation and continuous improvement are quite different. They're both completely valuable. Uh, they have their part to play. And in some cases, they can, to a degree, you know, run alongside each other and in conjunction with each other. Um, yeah, that, that's about it on that, I think. <laughs> I think one of the things that um, drives me nuts, personally, to be honest, is um, most business people, quite quite understandably and quite correctly, um, don't understand the difference between a project and a program, and you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. But what what does drive me nuts is what whatever terminology you use to you know to describe something that you're you're trying to do. If you're basically saying something along the lines of right, well, we've got this vision of trying to get to you know this this point, um, then by definition, um, you you don't really know all the details of what you need to do to 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 build and test and deliver against that against that that vision um and you probably don't really know how much money you're going to spend and you probably even though you want to get there at a certain point in time you probably still don't know actually what point in time you're going to be able to get there and the the thing that drives me nuts is that is the um, you know is when when you when you get that group of executives or, or group of, of, of uh, uh, should we say uh, non-exec board advisor type people who say yeah but you said you were going to spend five million quid and have it done in twelve months yes but you you know your aim was this that and the other over here and we didn't know how we were going to do it yeah but that's not what you said well not and firstly I didn't say that because you brought me in to fix this is <laughs> you know, the first thing I say but you, do you know what I mean by that 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 sort of thing. Uh, yeah, so I completely, I completely recognise what you're talking about. Um, and, and I think that it's really hard. Um, I think that uh, because of the types of money that we're talking about um, uh, investing, um, when you look at the sign-off and authority limits within the organisations, often... You don't have to spend many millions at all before you end up at the group board. Yeah. And nobody wants to go there on a wing and a prayer. They want to go there with something that they can feel confident about and they can sell to the board, you know. And 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 I worry, I worry for executives, you know, when they're going to the board in the very early days, you know, we're trying to sell a case for change and talking about numbers because 
I've literally seen board members laminate things. You know, you told me three and a half years ago before you started that it would take you 28 months to do this and it would cost, you know, £9.7 million, which is very interesting because, you know, when you think back to the actual scenario, I think there was a range and the date was far less assured than that. So, 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 so I worry for boards. I worry for executive sponsors taking cases for change to... Uh, to the to those sessions and and I think you know part of our job you know as as independent consultants and advisors is to help help those sponsors ensure that they are not setting themselves and the company up for failure they're setting themselves and the company up for success and that means you know talking in broad ranges talking in broad numbers maybe not trying to say this is how much it will cost. Maybe having a conversation that says, well, to achieve that outcome, what would you invest? You know, that's a very different question, isn't it? And, and certainly one that we used as an approach in a, in a client I worked with. We, we said, we have no, we, we are not at the point yet to be able to do a bottom-up estimate of everything that's in this programme to arrive at a cost. But we know broadly what this strategy could deliver in terms of benefit you know, based on your, you know, internal rates of return, your attitude to, to investment risk, what are you prepared to invest over what period? And they gave us a number over a period of time. And then we said, right, so now we know the constraints that the programme's got to operate in. And what we need to try and do is get you to that number or past it, ideally for less. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I think we have a job, and I don't know what your opinion would be on this, but I think part of the job we do is to advise boards and advise sponsors and try and help them to navigate uh, navigate that whole, you know, desire for... I, I think, um, so to answer your question, you know, people listening might say, well, you would say this, wouldn't you? Because, you know, you, you, you do programme and project leadership kind of thing. Um, but, but genuinely... Um, I think anybody that is, you know, broadly doing the sorts of things that we're doing at whatever, you know, whatever markets and, and whatever um, disciplines and so on that, that, that they're doing it in, um, frankly, I, I think I think we have a responsibility, you know, to uh, say it how we see it. We have that that relationship between the sponsor and the lead person, whatever whatever that lead person is is called, and and and, and their advisor is really important. And that needs to be, you know, open, open and open and honest. Uh, and, and I guess, uh, you know, for me, uh, I, I use the word clarity a lot when when I'm talking, you know, with organisations. And for me, clarity isn't certainty. It's not the same thing. You know, clarity is we are taking a risk here. You do realise we're taking a risk here for these reasons. Yes, that's fine. Or at the other end of the spectrum, actually, this is going to go in on, on on that time because I know damn well that it will, and you know, and, and I'm and I'm doing it fine. And I think I think I think a lot of it comes down to to, to that and and helping those that we've been talking essentially about the that sort of the the layman advisors to boards here who are, who are not change or technology specialists, and and you know, not I'm not knocking them for that. There's, just a fact that, it's, that, that, that they're not they're like in the same way that we're not you know i don't know finance directors or or, or whatever um but i think i think we do have a responsibility to you know to 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 advise and, and help and it it also drives me nuts when um i know you're not like this and i, ha I hope i'm not like this when people in our positions you know kind of sit back and go well, 
I'm just, I'm just, you know, offering some advice. And they're not, even though we're not actually putting skin in the game, we need to, we need, we need to yeah. get that emotional involvement, if you like, with them. Otherwise, we're not helping them. You've got to stand up and be counted and be willing to make a commitment. But I think, you know, um, I, I'm with you. I think being clear about what the underlying assumptions are, uh, why you've taken a position that you've taken in terms of perhaps ranges and timescale ranges that you've given, um, providing them, if required, with the tests that need would need to be true in order to achieve a, a more refined cost and time. Yeah. I think, again, you know, so, so I, yeah, it's definitely not sort of go, sitting back and going, can't tell you about that. You know, you really shouldn't be asking that question right now. That's definitely not the approach I'm advocating. The approach I'm advocating is very much in line with yours, which is, you know, this is this is what we can tell you now. This is on what basis we have arrived at that view. This is what would need to be true to arrive at the next level of refinement. Um, yeah, and everybody going into something, making a decision knowing that not everything is available yet is really important because I'm not convinced that most boards, when they're asked to sign off business cases, significant investments, I'm not convinced that they are made aware of the level of certainty of that investment. You know, I, I, I think if they were, um, they'd be surprised. I, I think very often cases do go to those bodies in very early stages before even, you know, the totality of the change is understood to achieve the strategic outcome. Uh, and, I, and I think then they're surprised when, you know, the programme team comes back and, you know, with a restated business case, with a restated set of costs and, and says to them, but of course, when we gave it to you last time, it was a low level of confidence. It was a very high range. And they go, was it? You know, so, so yeah. So, but I think that's our responsibility, isn't it? It's, it's. I, I think it is. And, and, a, and a bit like earlier when, when, when you said something along the lines of, um, yeah, but I, I, I feel for, you know, for people in, in, in this, in, in this area, I think there is a, there's a there's a counter to, to that position which is that you know frankly if you if you if you um how can i say this uh how i, how I feel about it um if you always waited or, or rather if you told now this is what i want to say if you told them you know what 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 the situation really was and i'm, I'm not saying i i am advocating this i'm not but I, I can absolutely see that in you know for, for some if they told them what the situation really was i maybe they weren't very confident at all nothing would ever get done because everybody would sit back and say, well, I can't do that. And, you know, so somewhere there's a, yeah. there's I, a balance. I, I think there's a sweet spot, though. I, and I'm an absolute believer that, you know, kind of really the first case for change for transformation should be some seed funding to get you to a point of clarity, to get you a point of certainty, rather than going in and trying to get the board to sign off, you know, the whole the whole bill up front before you've done sufficient work. It just doesn't make sense for me. You're going to disappoint somebody somewhere if you do it that way. So I think there's a sweet spot, Mark. Yeah. I really do. But I think that's our job because um, I, I was chatting to somebody the other day about sponsorship, uh, which is another topic I'm fascinated by, you know, and they were saying, you know, sponsors aren't doing this and sponsors. And I said, like, yeah, but that's our job. You know, we've been change professionals. We've been doing this job for 30 years. We know what a good sponsorship's about and we should help people to be good sponsors. We should help our key stakeholders. That's our job. We shouldn't criticise them. We should coach them and mentor them and, you know, 
and, and yeah, I got I got very much a pushback from that saying, but but no, that, that's not your job. I was like, well, my job is doing anything it takes to deliver the business value for my programme. <laughs> Absolutely right. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, it, the... Uh, Sponsorship is the is you know we were chatting on the um, on the uh, back and forth on the on the on the commentary of the, of the book. Sponsorship is the is the thing that um, I'm working on with a couple of people at the moment. I'm probably not going to end up doing a book. Um, I think probably more probably more a series of videos of you know just bite sized videos and things. I, I did a guide actually earlier this year with um, with well, I uh, co wrote it um, uh, with a uh, um, software supplier because uh, they wanted something to help uh, not for profit. Um, sponsors uh, uh you know find their way in things and, and I, I go back to what i said really you know that that relationship between the sponsor and the lead person whatever that person is called is, is really important and it's two-way street mm. um you know the, the best ones work where you learn something from from each other and, and where e- either party is willing to say thanks for that i needed that or mm, yeah i got that wrong or yeah great we'll do this together and and that, and that works well when you when you've got distance either because the project manager if you like is going i'm just the project manager or the sponsor is going that's your problem you know yeah. uh, that that's when you see the friction um i, I want to move us on because um we're, we're talking a lot about um if you like decision making and investment cases and, and you know and things like that um and and i think it's fair to say that um you know one of those things that uh almost everyone will say in, in the business market is something along the lines of right we need to we need to make more of the data that we've got and we probably need to make more of the technology that we've got and uh, you know and so on and so forth or we need to invest more in the technology it, 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 I, 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 uh, uh, you and I have spoken. Yes, we've spoken a little bit about that in you know earlier and and, and in part one. Um, but we've also spoken a lot about I mean, you, the words you've used are, 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 are on a few occasions around a, a, the emotional side of things. That's very people oriented type, you know type type stuff. So, what what's your thoughts on going forwards um, when 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 organisations are trying to make uh, either say a, you know. Um, something on the pilot side to, to prove a transformation program that might come out or, or they're way beyond and they're, they're doing that transformation program or, or any project really about how they should think about weighting decisions or, or weighting investment and asset between the sort of um, what people think they should be doing, which is data and technology and what maybe they don't do enough of, which is people. I'm not trying to lead you to there much with that because I know you'll have your own view. So, so, so I always say, and if you talk to anyone who's worked with me, and you've worked with me in the past, so I always say technology is easy, people are hard. You know, um, if all somebody wants to do is implement a piece of technology really well, you don't need me. You just need a really good project manager. If you want to change the, the hearts and the minds and the way that people feel about your business, you need a proper change professional. You know, that that's our job, isn't it? So, so, so um, of course, the technology solution has got to, from a technology perspective, uh, be able to um, deal with the opportunity that's been created or the problem that you're trying to fix. But, but, the, but the people side is just far more important. You know, um, I'll go back to my point about sell, not tell. Uh, And then I go back, I I talk about things like, you know, I think about things like the business case. If the business case, unless your business case is achieved by the implementation of the technology itself and does not require any human change, uh, then, then 
then you're okay to just focus on the tech. And I have been in situations like that. But in most cases, these big things are all about uh, changing the way that we work, the way that we operate. And, you know, I talk in my book a little bit about the mind and the brain and the neural network and the pathways that are created. Changing the human brain is a really tricky thing to do. <laughs> you know, so, 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 yes, I think get the tech right. That's just a hygiene factor. But people, 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 you know. I, I was... Uh... I'll say the same thing, but in a, in a, in a, in a different way, because it's what, it's what I believe, too, and it's no, no great surprise to you with that. You know, I love my tech, but, you know, and, and, and yes, we could all get a bit um, focused on the implementation of the, of the tech, which we have to have a little chat with ourselves about from time to time. But uh, without, without mentioning, uh, you know, the client's names, you, you, you're referring to the question, you know, they all say, yeah, well, we're, we're going we're gonna to put, power, put um, power BI in, and we're, and we're going we're gonna to make more uh, better decisions based on the data that we've got. And I sit there and say, go, how? How are you going to do that? Are you going to create some new roles? Are you going to tell people what they need to think? I know. Sorry, you can't just you can't just say you're going to do that. Think about that. How are you going to do it? Um, yeah. Oh, so right. So, so I know it's a thing right now to have a big data program going. Just about everyone I know has got one. You know, they're either doing big data, creating data lakes, doing fancy stuff with AI. You know, all sorts of interesting stuff. But, you know, I'm like you, I'm more interested in what they're trying to achieve rather than what tech they want to put in. Because I just believe that just having more bad data in more efficient repositories with more able tools gets you nothing. Yeah. It doesn't Im improve your organizational capability one iota. You know, it comes down to the people that are using that data, the people that are guarding that data, the people that are creating that data, you know, and that's all people, isn't it? It, it, it absolutely is, 100%. Right, so we're, we're um, a couple of questions away, I guess, from from uh, from, uh, from from the end of what has been a really very very interesting chat with with, with Jane. Um, so so maybe um, you know uh, you talked about putting something back with with, with the book um, when when you when you wrote it, and there's there's a shadow of advice in there. So I don't know whether you're going to pick something else or or all that. But but what advice would you give? Either your younger self, or or maybe somebody starting out in their career. It doesn't matter what, whatever they're in business or IT or change or or, or whatever. Uh, or maybe they're changing their career. What 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 you know? One or two or three or four bits of advice would you would you give? Sure. Absolutely, yeah. So, so so my first would be take every opportunity that's presented, and that sometimes means you have to do the job before you paid for it. Yeah. So you know, don't be afraid to be accountable. Take things on. Give it a go. Um, you know, if, if you if you step up, if you step up, you know, uh, and do the right things in the right ways and work hard and show dedication and commitment. I know it doesn't always use, work this way, but usually it will get recognized yeah. in companies and, you know, success will come for you. Uh, so, so work hard as well. That's really important. You know, don't be a laggard. Um, uh, and... I, don't, I, I wish I'd told myself this when I was younger, but, but celebrate more success, you know. Uh, you work really hard, don't we? You know, you put so much of yourself into the work you do and everyone around you puts so much of their self into it. And I just think we could celebrate success more. And then the last thing is don't forget to have a life because I literally did spend 15 years of my early career where I didn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just worked. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's fine. I can't get it back now. But if I could speak to my younger self, I, I would give myself a bit of a talking to. However, you live in a lovely part of the world. And um, we, we, uh, we were coming back from West Wales, actually, uh, weekend before last. And we, uh, we went up the, uh, from where I live in Chepstow, we went, essentially, we went up the, uh, through uh, Landovery and into Brecon and into Krakow. So we had a nice little lunch in the Bear. So you can, you can always enjoy a nice little lunch in the Bear in Krakow. Um, and there's a couple of other nice pubs as well in, in, Krak in, in Krakow. I was actually very surprised as... Um, it's it's quite a vibrant place, um, you know. It's really really. It's been years since I've been there, and I thought, oh, okay. Yeah, it won it won Village of the Year. Um, ago. I mean, yeah, it's a really vibrant little sort of market town. Uh, very old fashioned, no big chains, lots of locally owned businesses, massively supported by the community. Fabulous place. Just just go visit it. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, you know, absolutely. So you can enjoy that, Jane, for for however long you you you, you want to. So let's br bring bringing this to a close then. Okay. So tell us a fun fact uh, about yourself. Well, whether anybody knows it or not, hopefully they not many yeah, people know it. This, but not many. So um, yeah, I bet you didn't. I bet you wouldn't have guessed this. But um, up until not so long ago, I used to run an online wargaming alliance. So 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 so. so, so <laughs> I have a hundred players across the globe in my wargaming alliance, and we used to fight other alliances. <laughs> and this is this is showing my complete ignorance now in 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 this day and age. Were, were you in the dungeon or the dragon with with that particular wargaming alliance? <laughs> neither, 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 neither. Uh, and well, yes. So so that's something that people perhaps wouldn't guess. But there again, in some respects, you know, my husband said, actually, Jane, I'm not surprised you did that because, you know, you kind of got to, you know, discuss war strategy and, you know, plot and plan. And uh, yeah. Did you, just, I mean, just a serious question. Uh, you're right. I would not have got there in a million years, you know, with, with, with that. Did that, did it or does it help you? um switch off and distance yourself from you know from 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 the day job because that was a theme somebody else we had um on in the first series basically said they were um, a scuba diving instructor and because it was the only place when he was 100 feet down in a, in a quarry that um that he could actually switch off from work yeah yeah it absolutely does so especially when you know i'm um doing intensive work away from home all week it's just nice in the evenings you know come eight o'clock switch off do something completely different um uh, and yeah it clears the mind you know you get to focus on something completely different a completely different set of people and then you can go back to work refresh the next day and 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 by the way scuba diving is ex is excellent for clearing the mind i do agree as well <laughs> Well, well, we'll leave it there. Jane Logie um, has been with us on the Fit Podcast. Thank you very much, Jane. And um, we'll pop a link to to your book in the um, in, in the comments when, when this eventually comes out on the post. But it's been a thoroughly enjoyable, uh, you know, forty five minutes or so chatting with you, and, and lovely to see you again. Thank you, Mark. It's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you.